0: You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station.
1: This is Motor Mania on Dubai Eye
0: 103.8. It's Motor Mania with you through until high noon today. Uh, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas Eve. Uh, and if you've got any questions, comments or otherwise, uh, please do get them into to us. We are joined now by, uh, as I said, the dream team who've dragged themselves away from Christmas shopping to be with us here to talk all things cars because that's what they live and breathe and bleed automotive journalist imta shanghiado and no noel ebden both joining us here uh, live in studio gentlemen lovely to have you empty all well all well no all good
1: very good, first yeah, first time I've been described as a dream team Before, You are the dream team, uh, you, you are the dream yeah, team you make, my,
0: you make my life and my job a dream, that's for sure uh, Listen, uh, happy Christmas first and foremost Thank you um, Thanks so much indeed for dragging yourself away uh, <laughs> when I told the wife, she said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to work mate, you know, I'm going you know, to go and do Motor Mania She said, it's Christmas Eve, no <laughs> one works on Christmas Eve, uh, they do here They do, yeah,
2: we all work Christmas Eve I think this is very Scrooge-like, mm. which makes you the Bob Cratchit this situation, but yes. Dragging you away. Yeah. Uh,
0: listen, dragging you away from Christmas shopping and all those last-minute preparations. Uh, okay, what shall we do? Let's kick things off with a, a little look at the, the year the year that was. Obviously, we're going to be looking back at 2022, but before that... Look, it's been a busy, busy year. It's certainly been a busy Q4 to this year as well. Busy um, month for you, Noel, the lead up
1: to Christmas? Uh, it's calmed down a little bit since the end of the Melee. Um, Thankfully, the uh, December has kind of flattened out a little bit, which is good because I needed it. Uh, November was crazy. Um, I think I've, I haven't i have driven a huge number of cars this year, but I've been to so many events. Mm. It has been event central, it really has, which is great. Shows the uh, scene is booming as well.
0: Yeah, uh, apologies, I, I abandoned you on the Mill Amelia. Launch it, do the, the thing that, uh, that that Tom does, which is get it out there and then disappears. Uh, but was exactly. it a success?
2: It was a huge success and Noel used the word flattening quite appropriately because I think with 100 classics we flattened the roads a little bit. Um, it was tremendous and like Noel, I didn't get to drive too much new stuff, but luckily as Head of Communications, I got to drive a lot of classics, including a lot of stuff that you just never, ever get to drive. A Healy Silverstone, ever heard of one of those things? Mm. Uh, Porsche 356, and a lancio aurelia i'll give this right b24 spider which i have no idea what that was till i drove it was beautiful absolutely stunning
0: uh, No, looking back at the year that was saying he hasn't driven a huge amount of cars this year certainly compared to previous as,
2: years as well same for you mt uh i have a couple of highlights this year i think the bronco finally got to get go our uh, hands on the ford bronco excellent car um ram trx was my truck of the year i think i would say but my car of the year would have to be another classic, which was the uh, sunshine yellow Porsche 911 uh, Outlaw, as they call it, that I drove on the Mille which was my, you know, work car, but just a magnificent beast. You did look very comfortable driving that car, actually. It, I was not very comfortable because it was at no air conditioning and it was just air conditioning by
1: air. Oh, good Lord. I think the best bit was watching you use it like a renter car, pulling up and then just jumping out and shutting the door, running off and then jumping back in it and going it again. Was, and
2: it <laughs> was a bit like that, wasn't it? It was a bit surprising because you we were like... It's a it's half a million dirhams that car, half a million dirhams plus, and yet it was just our work car. We were charging phones, we were running around, we were picking up people in this half a million dirham Porsche. <laughs> Excellent,
0: uh, you've set the bar very high there, mm. Imtiazan. Uh, over to you, Noel. Uh, car of the year, what's been your favourite?
1: Ooh, it's going to be. I'm going to be controversial. Um, I'm going to say a car that I haven't actually driven, um, but I went to the launch of the new Praga Bohemia the other night, which I think is spectacular. I think it'll split opinion but um uh we're gonna have a we got an interview coming up a bit later in the show on that so i won't say too much but uh, that would be my car of the year just because it was spectacularly crazy mm. if that makes sense
0: yeah i like that Yep, nothing wrong with crazy absolutely yeah. they're crazed a bit of hashtag crazed uh, crazy crazed
1: towards the end of the year um the bronco fan yes although i haven't actually driven it yet um funnily enough i was with like the look of it yes love it yeah yeah especially with the uh, the back that comes off as well that's the the trademark of the bronco it's uh yeah that 100 percent. it's cool, very cool it's it's good to finally have a foil for the wrangler mm. because as much as i love wranglers you know it'd be nice to have a choice in that market and it was always just wrangler or nothing else now there's bronco and you know and there's uh, other stuff coming as well so <laughs>
0: And to that point, MT, uh, I mean, just how we, we, we saw it, We saw it, didn't we, previously with the the reimagination uh, of the uh, Defender, uh, the Land Rover Defender, which I think a lot of people will agree is a stunning car, the remake, etc. Uh, the pressure that comes with the reimagination of a Bronco, with so much history in that Bronco, um, the, the living up to expectations tag as well, does it?
2: Absolutely. I mean, the Bronco was a comprehensive sort of bullseye sh- uh, hit on the uh, Wrangler. And to be honest with you, I mean, what they did was basically copy the best bits of the Wrangler, but none of the worst bits. It's got a much better engine. It's got a much better chassis. It's more comfortable. It's got the same roof off, top-down stuff. But you talk about the pressure of it. Look at look at somebody like, say, Toyota, who had the new Land Cruiser that came out last year. And that's a really hard act to follow because that car sells a lot of cars. The Bronco, by comparison, is a much more specialty item, so you can afford to take a hit if it doesn't work. Let's put it that way. But the Land Cruiser had to be absolutely perfect. And I would argue, to your point, that the Defender is a better Land Cruiser than the current Land Cruiser. Ooh. Which is a bit controversial for the morning. I was going to say, that's early for that sort of controversy. Yeah, well, look, look at that. that. Shots fired. Oh, Scrooge over there. <laughs> yeah. What's going on there, <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah. It's Christmas. So the new it? Defender is spectacular. And the Land Cruiser is good, but the Defender moves the game on more if you get my drift. Mm. It's a fantastic vehicle, the new
1: Defender. So do you think they played it too safe with the Land Cruiser?
2: Absolutely. I think it's a very good car. It's conservative like its audience. I think it'll satisfy anybody who buys one looking for traditional Land Cruiser values. But the Defender just does the same things, but a bit more panache and a bit more flair. It's not to say the Land Cruiser is bad. People don't do comparisons anymore, but they should because at the same price point, the Defender is a very impressive car.
0: Mm. We're getting text messages. Thank you very much indeed. Finn's been in touch. Uh, happy Christmas, team, says Finn. Uh, there are cars on the marina. On the marina or in the marina? <laughs> Has it been, well, I've been, been one of those Well, I've been in the nights? marina with a car, actually, <laughs> yeah. bizarrely. But anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Sony's been in touch. and says, don't worry, Noel, we'll sort you out in the new year. Excellent. Okay? All right? Good old Sony. Sorted. Yeah. Uh, Sony, thank you very much indeed for that. Um, Quick question. a Lot of love going on, obviously. It's that time of year. It's the time of giving, it's the time of festive cheer, etc. We've been very nice about certain cars. We've asked you for your favourite. Worst?
3: Ooh.
1: <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I'm actually not so yeah. keen to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a tumbleweed rolling across the <laughs> studio then? that was. Um, I think I actually can't remember the... Um, uh, on Worst pla- um, is an unfair question. Yes.
0: What's the one that didn't live up to expectations? Ooh. Okay,
2: let me give you one. Uh, oh, good Lord, let me take cover. Um, <laughs> yeah, get uh, down the desk. the <laughs> Nissan... Oof, I think it was the X-Trail or the Pathfinder. Uh, <laughs> it was... The SUV, one of the little, oh gosh, I can't remember the name. Of it. it was not the Pathfinder. I haven't driven the Pathfinder yet, sorry, Nissan. But it was the new X Trail, okay. I think I can't remember this car because it was just, it's very popular, it sells really well, but it's very average. It just needed a better engine. Let me be very clear. Package wise, it was good, but it just needed a better engine. I'll remember the name once I actually look it up, but it was, yeah, just needed more power, which hmm. the, clearly the customers don't mind because they're buying loads of them.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I was going to say it's selling, isn't it? I'm going to go rather than. Duck behind the desk. I'm going to go for it and completely wreck my career by <laughs> by, by jumping in and saying the entire car industry for Ooh. for playing it way too safe. There are too many boring cars out there. There's too many cars that just aren't built to excite anymore.
2: You know what? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely, I drive that yellow Porsche, which was made in 1982, and it just has such a sense of joy and fun about it. And even if you drive. Modern Porsches or whatever They're a little bit too big A little bit too heavy A little too much car play And they don't get you up And go wow I want to go for a drive They're so Boringly crushingly capable That you just not excited about driving them because there's nobody you can't beat in a street race which you shouldn't there's nobody you can't beat in a track and then the car can also take you and your luggage shopping Christmas whatever it's mm. just not exciting so
1: yeah so that's a, well that's a big shot isn't it across the bound make, make, make more yeah. interesting cars All
2: right. uh, oh by the, the way the car was the Nissan Xterra I just looked it up
1: the
0: Xterra okay <laughs> yeah. so there's your news resolution automotive industry and are listening pull your socks up right Exactly. we need a bit more excitement a bit more <laughs> oomph
1: please for next year you, yeah you could say make worse cars that are more exciting well, hang, on yeah. <laughs> hang on a minute <laughs> right, Hang now on Now we're getting I'm existential i too far <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah. Backing out This is Motor Mania On Dubai Eye 103.8
0: The UAE's number one talk radio station Chase Double Z, we are live here on Motor Mania. It's all the M's. Motor Mania with you through until noon today. No demo, he's over in Australia, driving things probably, uh, but worry not because we got Noel and Imtishan with us here in studio uh, answering your questions, also giving their thoughts, little rundown on the year that was and what could be as well. Imtyshan, um, you're wondering about what's not in the market uh, at, at the moment, the Rivian, the lucid electric cars as well. Why are they not here?
2: So these are the top-tier, hottest electric cars at the moment. Forget about Teslas, their old hat. I mean, nothing's really changed. I mean, it's actually true. They haven't changed in a long time. But the Rivian is a fantastic sort of mid mid-size pickup truck, about 835 horsepower, well over $100,000 in the U.S. And then you have the Lucid, which is 1,000 horsepower. looks like a Citroën DS, absolutely beautiful. A pillow of air, that car, basically, look at it. And it's not here. Why is it not here? Because clearly we're interest electric cars. I see a lot of Mercedes EQSs. I see a lot of Teslas. I think everybody else does. What is the reason why these manufacturers haven't set up shop yet? Because they would sell. You got an off-road car, and then you've got a big luxury sedan. Come on, get on with it. No, any answers why?
1: Mm, i don't know i mean i know that it took a long time for tesla to come here because they wanted to set up directly on their own mm. and be their own boss um whether or not it's linked to that i don't know um it may also be a supply issue if, you've got, if you bear in mind still that all of the dealers are still struggling with supply mm. and so uh, an electric car obviously has a lot of semiconductors in it so it might be a supply issue uh it might be i don't know I actually there's a very, very good reason to be honest
2: yeah. um Supply is a very good one, but the obvious answer is they still haven't fulfilled demand in their primary US market. They're still ramping up, they're still getting up to steam. So overseas markets are last on their priority list. That's your answer. Mm. But it doesn't excuse the fact that we have money and we like electric cars. Mm, we should absolutely. be the first place we get outside of, say, UK, etc. Mm.
0: Henry's texted us this morning. He says, Noel, I understand. I don't know if this is Henry Ford himself or not, but Henry's texted us saying, No, I understand you've driven the Ford Expedition recently. Yes.
1: Thumbs yep. up, thumbs down. Yep. Good, good. Great. Huge is the answer it's like it's like an ocean liner <laughs> um, my kids were running around in the back of it. It, it it's like a house um it's uh yeah it's excellent i've got the um i've, I've got it I picked it up a couple of days ago so i uh, been driving around in it it's like um like driving your lounge you know, in a very nice lounge at that um, but it's also unbelievably quick for, oh, right. uh, there are no slow cars anymore i think mm. the, the days how have much power older,
3: that
2: ah it's It's twin turbo
1: right yeah it's got that twin it's got the twin turbo v6 in it so um why so (laughs) well (laughs) it's a good question but who needed a 400 horsepower (laughs) family hauler it does to be fair it does it picks up its um it picks its skirt up and runs when 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 you when you need it to which you do need to in when you drive you know there's the days of sort of yeah i mean look it. yeah it's got 400 plus horsepower i think 440 i think but nearly seven hundred newton meters of torque as well. So when you put your foot down, it goes, and it's like a very fast house. It's it's,
2: it's also a bit great. lifted. I looked at it outside in the studio car park. It's mm. it's lifted, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, they they're doing um they're doing a couple of different versions. This one's the Timberline version, which Timberline doesn't really suit. Name-wise, this market, but the uh, the idea is is slightly lifted. It's Palm got, line, y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Dune line, I guess, would be better. But um, yeah, it, uh, it's basically for off-roading. It has all of the, um, it's got all the, the normal towing eyes and tow hooks, etc. But it's also a little bit lifted. It's got uh, some nice chunky tires on it. looks um, looks great as well. It's, uh, I think, it will sell well here. It's not electric, is it? It is <laughs> definitely not electric. Yeah, yeah. People are texting
0: <laughs> in about the electric uh, conversation we've been having there. Uh, question: MT is the industry. In ready is there enough instra- infrastructure here in Dubai here in the UAE
2: no the answer is no but Diva is working on it very very quickly they're putting points up everywhere it's being part of the building codes now so they're working on it but the cars are selling faster than the industry can build infrastructure quick enough, quick enough which is pretty standard really around the world
1: yeah I was so, going. I was just exactly you said that at the end is that the UAE is probably ahead of a lot mm. of countries in, in many ways but it's still behind the curve because the curve is moving too quickly yeah um 2023
0: obviously we've been talking about those that we like to drive those that we didn't like to drive throughout 2022 what about 2023 quick one about prices as well supply chain semiconductors yeah yeah we've heard about that throughout 22 um if that gets fixed uh, for 2023 slowly but surely we're going to see prices come down
1: I don't think prices ever come down, do they? Uh, prices just always go up in the world, don't they, I think. But uh, I, look, there's some great cars um, out there on the market for good prices. The Terramont I drove a few weeks back, uh, you know, 160000 just under for a seven-seater German-built SUV. I mean, that's insane. I mean, it's so, that's a really good price for a car. Um, the Ford that I'm driving at the moment, I mean, you know, the, uh, it's in the 300s, but it's a lot of car for... Three hundred grand. It's uh, there's a, you get everything. So,
2: MT prices? Uh, no, and I think we are be slightly cynical about this, and I won't name any names. But now that everybody's used the excuse of semiconductors, etc., shortages, why would they give up the profits? You don't know when the prices come down, so why should the customer be any wiser? I think prices are high, and I think high to the point where they might start damaging the market next year because dealers have got used to these fat profits. And the excuse is, well, we didn't make a lot of money during COVID, so now we need to catch up. But I think the customers will eventually start to tire of paying over-the-top prices. for A 300k family car just doesn't sound right to me
0: fuel prices uh, that's obviously been one of the big talkers in 22 uh, fluctuation there's the first time we've actually seen you know people choosing when they go to the pumps here as well are we going to see more fluctuation in 23 in I think
2: we're going to see nothing come below 3 dirhams for a while that's would be my guess i think the market's used to it people are fine with it hasn't really changed the way people drive i hope it doesn't go too high but it all depends on the global oil prices and situations around the region no
1: yeah i'd say the same as i said same, same answer as before, prices never go down um, they go down a little bit but uh, it, the, the trend is always up so,
0: yeah. Can we talk about We've just been talking about the electrification infrastructure here at the moment. Just talk about infrastructure um, overall. Um, we had the CEO, the regional CEO of Stellantis uh, here in studio for the business breakfast yesterday. He was talking about expansion here in the region, the Mina uh, region, very important to their fourteen brands they have in their portfolio at the moment. He was uh, hinting towards the opening of assembly plants here in the region as well to complement those they've got elsewhere. He was also telling us about the fact that you know they've bought. Semiconductor companies throughout this year as well. We've got stories coming through that Porsche has opened a synthetic gasoline factory over in Chile. Um, are we seeing auto- the automotive industry as a whole think beyond the, the, the larger question at the moment?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, they're definitely, look, they've had a shock with the semiconductor. I don't think they saw this coming, which was, you know, it's a big, that's a big hit on the industry. I mean, dealers don't have cars, uh, manufacturers can't supply cars, and all, everybody still needs to be paid. People still need their salaries, the lights still need to be on in the factories and the dealerships. So it's been a big shock. So they are definitely looking at that wider business picture, and it, you know, it's a global global planet now isn't it we, mm. you know we can we, people jump on planes like buses so yeah definitely and uh, will we see manufacturing in this region i mean it's been talked about for so long um uh, but not yet but uh, hopefully let's see the
2: infrastructure and the infrastructure and the future as well synthetic fuel is that ever going to catch on Oh, absolutely. I mean, Porsche is pushing very hard on it. And to go back to Noel's point about infrastructure, I know no less than Toyota did a very, very strong feasibility study years ago about how they could build a, what they call a CKD plant. It's a complete knockdown kit So Rather than basically manufacturing semiconductors, which is something that's always going to be in places like Taiwan and Asia, etc., because they had the fabrication facilities and the expertise. What we have is manpower, which is not tremendously expensive so it's going to be a competition between say saudi and the uae as always to see who makes that first man assembly plant i won't say manufacturing assembly plant of vehicles and the thing is right what people don't get about cars is that why well, we just build cars in the uae for the uae we don't buy anywhere you know you cars so this any plant that you build has to be able to export to europe or Africa or any nearby market otherwise it doesn't make sense so it has to do a vast volume for example all the chimneys that we get in the UAE that you see on the road the little cute little cars all made in India mm. they used to be made in Japan but the world they still are but the ones that we get are made in India and that's why supply is dramatically improved but again they don't even sell them in India that's the funny part
0: but with in light with the sort of made in the UAE tag and the the drive towards manufacturing here at the moment the the fact that we got space as you said the labor market as well it, yeah, it's interesting that we haven't, I mean, okay, maybe not manufactured in the UAE, but assemb- assembled in the UAE would be the move forward, wouldn't it? And we do actually
2: assemble vehicles in the UAE. Okay. Military vehicles assembled here, the NIMR is made in the UAE, proudly in the UAE. Um, a lot of the uh, commercial buses that you see for the manpower supply department, Ashok, Leyland, etc., have companies that are building buses in the uae they are pretty far out you know not in the middle of like berdubai or anything but they are factories making vehicles like that not for export but there's enough volume of them here that yeah they are being assembled here
0: 2023 just around the corner we're into the final few days of 2022 what's tom looking forward to for 2023 bit of sleep maybe uh but also the grenadier I'm looking forward to the Grenadier hitting these shores. Is the Grenadier going to be a success? Is one question. And also, what are you looking forward to, Noel, for 23?
1: I would say the same. Actually, I'm looking forward to driving that car. Um, it's they've got a full order book, I believe. Um, so I, I would, I guess, the answer is yes, it will be a success. <laughs> it, uh, you know, it's the ideal car for this region as well. You know, it's um, it's big. Um, it's bigger than I thought it was. Mm. It, it's it, it's physically bigger than a Defender, uh, but it it's got the ability to go off road. It's got everything. So yeah, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. But, else? Uh, um, yeah, I'm working on something quite spectacular for the show, uh, which I can't talk about to do with the racetrack and, uh, no uh, uh, open wheels. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Open so, wheels. Yes. yes. MT, What you're looking forward
2: to? I tell you what. I'm not looking forward to. Uh, there's not many cars that are coming out that are very interesting. Okay. Manufacturers are moving towards SUVs. There is not a single supercar that I really want to talk about because none of them are interesting. They're all the same. They're all very fast and very expensive and all sold out. What I'm interested in is something at the complete other end of the spectrum, which is the five door Jimny which should arrive here next year, and a family-sized version of a snack-sized car. I think that's going to be really cool. If they can keep it under 80 grand, that would be nice. It's just a small, nippy runabout that I think a lot of people would find suits their lives a lot better. It would improve mobility for not much price.
0: Gents, I I can't thank you enough uh, for your um, uh, hard yards and hard work, not just today, but throughout the course of 2022. The good news is, in the spirit of giving, Damien's actually done some work. You know, he's done some hard yards. He's done some heavy lifting. Uh, He has been speaking uh, to Praga marketing boss Mark Harrison and, of course, Ben Collins, better known as the Stig on Top Gear. He returns to the Top Gear track in the Praga Bahama that's playing out uh, in just a few moments' time. Many will be familiar with the Czech brand Praga. Been around for 115 years. The country's army has used its V3S truck for more than 50 years. That's coming up here on the to mania but before we go to damien's take on it praga behema i know that you were teasing it just a few minutes ago
1: mm, yeah it's spectacular i mean the, okay is there a lot of wings and things on it it looks like an, it looks like a fighter jet um what's but wrong with that exactly i love it I, it's got so much drama which is what's missing from the car industry but i love the fact that they slightly offset the passenger seat and had a cutout in the side of the driver's seat for the elbow of the passenger because they wanted the people to sit as closely as possible to each other which isn't always a good thing depending on who your passenger is but uh, it's just little things like that i absolutely love about it
2: uh umt uh i think it looks amazing i think it looks absolutely amazing Uh, boring cars from mainstream manufacturers non-mainstream manufacturers make cool cars
0: uh, no, empty. Thank you very much indeed. uh Just the half hour today. Look at that. Well, wow, it's, it's gone. The, it's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? Mm, hey? Christmas. Can we do this every week? <laughs> <laughs> See, it's, it's shorter but harder <laughs> and get <laughs>
1: quicker. I can get my presents now. <laughs> uh,
0: bless you. Thanks so much indeed. All the best no for problem. the uh, Christmas and New Year period. Thank you very much indeed to you, Noel. No problem. And empty, Chan Thank you very much indeed to you. Thank you. If
2: people want to get in touch with you, empty, what do they do? Uh, Motoring Middle East or Instagram. They can find me.
0: No.
1: Uh, Noel Ebden on Instagram.
0: Get in touch with the show. Up in just a few moments' time, we talk to the team uh, at, well, Mark Harrison, who is the marketing boss at Prager, uh, and of course, Ben Collins, AKA The Stig. That's up next. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station.
1: This is Motor Mania on Dubai Eye 103.8. Big
0: thanks to Nolan Imtishan to for joining us live here in the studio. This is Tom Erker on Motor Mania in for Damien Reed, who is away. But worry not before Damien left for his holidays. He checked out the all new luxury hypercar the Praga Bahama uh, Noel's car of the year as he was just telling us there and we'll find out why in a bit. The team came to the Dubai Eye Studio, including Mark Harrison, the top marketing boss of Praga uh, and Ben Collins, better known as the Stig from Top Gear. Damien started by asking the Stig what he's been up to.
4: Yeah, so um, incognito for eight years but getting very familiar with a lot of different super, well every, every type of car really from a VW Polo to a supercar Um, and then um, yeah a little bit more out there open these days racing for Praga in the One Make series and and on YouTube so I'm one of those um, people now and it's uh, a lot of fun
5: (laughs) I saw your your uh, your YouTube video with the Prager just recently re reacclimatizing to the old track the old Top Gear track um you said a, a muscle memory came back and you you found your way around there pretty quickly pretty daunting or is it uh, like coming home again
4: I loved it 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 was going home again and it was I think it was the first time I've been there since I left Top Gear in 2010 and it really Surreal, being back at the track, you know, I knew where I was going instantly, but in a very different machine, um, you know, and over the years, you know, I've been a, in that privileged position of seeing how technology develops. And going out in the Behemoth, um, I really had to it just, it was like a new track because the way that the, the car is so light, less than a thousand kilograms, it, it was just totally different to anything else I've been getting used to. You know, things like the Bugatti, you know, nearly two tons, I think the record holder is the S F ninety, which is very powerful but but heavy. Certainly to me this this seemed to me the, the very much the fastest thing I'd driven around there. So it was just getting used to where you could carry speed and do things differently. Um so that yeah got got acclimatised really well and had a fantastic time thrashing the the car around.
5: Sensational! Now, Mark, we're here for Praga. You guys have, have come out to, to to the Middle East again for for Praga. Praga is a company that was spent, as I said, it's been around for 117 years, known for building everything from tanks to aircraft to, to, to motorcycles to cars, but not really a, a familiar name in this part of the world, Czech But tell us about the sports side of, of Praga. You've got the there is one actually racing here in the Dubai Autodrome or in in, in the UAE. But mm-hmm. tell us about that first, and then then this new car that you're bringing out.
3: It's amazing, really, that this there's this car brand that's been around for that long that genuinely we sort of approach presentations and groups of people by saying, you know, just assume you've, you've never heard of, of Praga. And, and then when you start talking to them about it, you say, well, we're the third biggest go-kart manufacturer in the world. And and you realise most people who race will have come across Praga as kids. They'll have either raced in one or against one. So the karting side of things is a good platform for us. And then the R1 race car that's been around now for 10 or so years, nearly 10 years, Part of the business of the last couple of years, whilst we've been developing this secret hypercar that has stayed secret for all very good reasons, whilst we've been doing that, it's a case of building the the brand presence around the world in racing markets with the R1. So we've moved into North America in quite a big way. and, And then through Dragon Racing, who's our partner out in in dubai who i've known for many many years yeah leon, um, Price Le- and, the crew leon and brad yeah. you know we, we spoke to them and, th- and they found a customer ian who loved the idea of the car and we, we had to build up the business during covid as well so a bit like our australian race car dealer they bought the car really from just hearing about it and seeing it on videos or whatever else so so there's a little bit of a leap of faith for them but they yeah they love it ian loves the car a couple of weeks ago it was a race winner for him and we're launching the road legal hypercar, and we'll have his race car on display as well really to show the Concept, the bloodline. There's there's no carryover between the race car and the road car at all. But it's mm. the same concept. It's lightweight. It's carbon. It's naturally aspirated uh, petrol, at least. So same same basis, but um uh, a little bit different with the road car.
5: I know from talking to some guys out there two weeks ago at the the, the last round of the championship, who are very familiar with sports car racing and, and all that kind of thing, said that car was dynamite quick. I mean, it's the. I think it was one of the quickest. I was go, I was going to say how the it got the lap record, but of course that was broken by Alain Prost Ferrari. No, I mean what you. You've doubled with these kind of cars. What's your thoughts on the on the uh,
1: the R7? Yeah, I mean, it looks spectacular. I mean, and that's, uh, yeah, we, you know, we need cars like this in the market. We need that excitement for, you know, we were just talking about, um, you know, on the previous show we were talking about, you know, classic cars and things, and it, it that lights people back up again. And
5: we need the modern version of that. We need stuff that makes people go, wow, and stops them in their tracks. The Behemoth, it to me looks like just an all-out race car. Dynamite. Uh, sensational, but it's built for the road. H- how have you managed to get around that?
3: Well, I keep asking the engineering director, Jan. Are you sure about this? And he assures me it is. But yeah, it's it's road legal in the UK. We've got homologation for the UK. Europe's next, and that's just bureaucracy. Now we've ticked all the boxes, so it is. I mean, there are there are rules, and we we fit the bill. And I think it's just it's a matter of you look at the car. You know, you've said you've seen the pictures and the film, and and Ben's a, uh, films are great example of what the car can do and you look at the car and think well why has nobody done this before and I I still can't quite get my head around that actually Mm. because in essence the concept is really simple, it's a carbon tub, it's lightweight, it's a really good engine, really reliable engine that everybody loves. And um, you put those things together. But I remember my old boss at McLaren, Damien, you know, Anthony Sheriff, he once yeah. said to me, it's really difficult to make something simple and really easy to make something complicated. <laughs> and it's exactly that. It's taken five years to develop this car, and it's a really simple concept. Yeah, But it's fine-tuning that into something that is absolutely ballistic around a racetrack and will take on and beat GT3 race cars around lap times yeah but also it's compliant on the road and and we've nailed it
5: but that's the thing uh ben collins it's not a hybridized car it's a 3.8 litre twin turbocharged i believe the engine's based on the nissan gtr with a bit of bit of litchfield tweaking fantastic stuff but on that track that you're so familiar with back there how does it compare to say cars like the sf90 that are hybridized power a lot of power but also carrying a bit bit more weight how does this car compare to those type of cars around there
4: there's two huge differences and I think a lot of it is down to the weights. I forgot that I was in a road car because um, normally when you go to that track you, you'd never do more than two or three consecutive laps literally the brakes will catch fire and the tyres would melt just because the sheer energy going through them you just can't can't do it with the Prago you just fill the tank and crack on and you run off 10-12 laps basically to you know, go as far as till the fuel runs out and then fill it up and go again you're quite easily lured into thinking you're in a racing car like full on racing car because that's what they're built to do you know go to Le Mans race for an hour fill it up go again and I just had to stop myself and just hang on a minute this is is a road it's a road legal car it's not um, a race car that's come here it's phenomenal a lot of the that is down to the fact that it's lightweight so the brakes just aren't being hammered they're not getting so hot the tires also aren't being stressed as much so they're not melting and you you know you're on these new michelin the cup twos and 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 other we had various uh, control tires as well all of them were taking it really well so that was the one thing repeatable performance Then, in terms of the handling, really quite unique. The the car really, you could stand it on its nose on the brakes. ABS was not intrusive at all, and and you can wind back the traction control and and freestyle it uh, and just hurl the car in at huge, you know, huge speeds. Um, It's such a satisfying feeling, and and being super nimble as well, change the direction. There's a nice chicane there, the hammerheads. I've always thought Top Gear Track was, it was a great testing ground because there's a good mix of change of direction at low speeds, medium speed corners and the fast Mm. stuff. We really went for it there and it's, um, it's, you know, you can dart in and out. The car's forgiving if you make a mistake, which is always fun. And you can have fun on the power to start teasing out on the throttle and then ballistic speed through the follow through that really quick section. So it takes your breath away. So we didn't do a lap time. I'm very much hoping that we will um, get that opportunity. Mark assures me that we're going to go back. That'll be the next thing is to really make that point um, and showcase its speed. Very, very fast. Um, but it's it's entertaining. It's not something that's rigid or stuck in train tracks like a lot of you know modern cars have to be because of their mm. weight and the sheer power force of power. This is this is delivering that performance in a very different way and it's it's more fun at the wheel.
5: Obviously, the car doesn't have active aerodynamics because obviously it goes back to i guess we can refer back to say the colin chapman theory of it adds weight doesn't it you've got hydraulic motors and all those sort of things that have to operate these things so it's fixed wings but you're saying even though you're saying still movable it was quite hard to actually get the tail to move around and get the slide it around with the fixed wing is that is that something that's uh, different to to other cars you've driven
4: oh this it slides yeah i mean okay. it's <laughs> super busy so you know, on traction, it's you know very playful. You know, because it's got grip, you've got to be quite responsive and keep an eye on what you're doing. But it's it's very precise. You know, in the fast corners, we did uh, we played with the downforce um, settings on the car. It's you know it's ready for, for production, but they're they're still at a point where they can make adjustments to it. But it's you know an aggressive setup. So, no, definitely, it's it's very playful, low medium speed. But when you want the thing nailed down at, in the fast corners, it's it's again it's so low, it's got great downforce, and you can really you can commit in the way that you want to and not be slithering around at 120 miles an hour when you want it, you know, when you want it secure. I personally don't, you know, always an element of distrust of wings that are moving around. You know, if you've got a Formula One car, an active suspension and all those things and an army of people with laptops watching its every every move, fine. But really, when you're out there doing stuff on the road or whatever, I, I think it's nice to know you've got the downforce when you need it, and that's kind of all the time, mm. as opposed to something that's trying to respond to what the driver's doing. That, that usually, can you find the tempo is a mismatch, and uh, you don't have the grip that you think you have.
0: Uh, that was Ben Collins, best known as the Stig from Top Gear, talking to Damien Reid about the Praga Bahama. Uh, how fast can it go? How much is it? We'll find out in a few moments' time. I'm Tom Urquhart, and this is Motormania. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station.
1: This is Motormania on Dubai
0: Eye 103.8. Hi there, it's Motor Mania. I'm Tom Urquhart, filling in for Damien Reed, taking a well-earned break. Damien's been talking about the all-new Praga Bahama, the new road-legal luxury hypercar with Praga marketing boss Mark Harrison and also Ben Collins, also known as the Stig from the hit TV show Top Gear. Now, just how powerful is this new car? Damien put
3: that question to Mark. We will launch the car at 700. 700. Um, At the moment, it's the stock Nissan GTR power. Okay. what, 550, 560, I think, um, that we're running the car at. But, yeah, it'll launch at 700. Is this right? 982 kilos? Yeah. My goodness. It's
1: nice to see a car going back the other way. I don't like weighting cars. I've never liked heavy cars, and it's nice to... See something that's actually Prague progress- reversing that trend. Everything's always just been getting
5: heavier and heavier. But that's over the, the thing, last isn't it? Few years, with, yeah. uh, with electrification, it adds weight, Absolutely. and you can't yeah. escape that. Yeah. So, yeah, my it's fantastic that you've managed to go. Okay, it's, that's an area for, for other manufacturers. We'll stick to this and and sticking with a car that's under a thousand kilograms is phenomenal effort.
3: That's a lot of work to get a car below a thousand kilos, and inside it still feels luxurious. The quality of the fit, finish, design on the inside, the cockpit for the two seats is. Proper hypercar level. So to do that at less than a thousand kilos, it's it's a work of genius to be honest. So mm. I, you can't quite work it out how the guys have done it, but they've done it. Now
5: the important figures. Have you? Can can you give us some figures on accelerations and speeds and that sort of thing yet, or are you still
3: still still working on it? I mean, it, it'll be sub three seconds for naught 100 kilometres but um, it's really not about those sorts of statistics which Mm. sounds a little bit Gordon Murray it's really more about how fast this will go around a racetrack we are targeting GT3 race car lap times we set the the top speed at the car just over 300 kilometres an hour really because you you can't go faster than that on any racetrack in the world so what's the point so there's a real sort of rational edge to what's very much a irrational looking car, if you like. It's there's some there's some logic behind every every decision that's gone into it to to really focus on what we're trying to deliver as a product.
5: You said that obviously it's it's a it is road registrable, but have you had interest from from people who might might, might want to race it? Would it does it does it meet the FIA standards for someone to actually go out
3: and say compete in a uh, in a, in a, in, a pro, in a race? Yes, we have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people are already looking at um, Le Mans in a couple of years' time. We've had interest from one or two really serious race teams actually to to work with us on it. At the moment, the focus is on getting this road car out and and to the first customers it's a small group of people at praga and this this has to be the focus we had a similar thing at mclaren actually when we launched the the 12c you remember is that straight away people saying that car needs to race gt3 absolutely and um and there was arguments internally as to whether you should focus on the road car and then from
5: memory i think leon price was on the phone pretty quickly yeah exactly (laughs)
3: Um, somebody may well buy a car and take it racing it'd be quite an expensive project but the car looks like a race car and well, you know what they say. In terms of our region here, any ideas of, of distributors and, dare I say it, rough pricing? Rough pricing is exactly 1.28 million okay. US dollars or euros plus taxes. We're only going to make 89 cars. So I, th- I suspect for, for that volume of 89, I would be very surprised if there's any car that that, that's that rare at that price point, actually. I, would, I would need to do some research into that. But for just over a million dollars for 89 cars, I think we will, we'll work very close with Dragon. Um, I know the guys really well, they're super professional, they've got a very nice race circuit just outside their front door, so we'll work closely with Dragon on on that, certainly for this region. Basing ourselves here, as I say, for the next two or three months, because A, I think there'll be a lot of interest for those 89 cars here, but also we know we can invite customers and prospects from asia from europe i've had a couple of guys from the states say they'll come through in the winter so it's a great place for us to be um i love it out here and um, so i'm really happy to be back here when it's (laughs) minus five or whatever back in the uk (laughs)
5: and we've got the dubai 24 hour coming up very soon ben twist your arm would you would you jump in one and do the do the 24 hour here
4: no twist needed (laughs) i would be there in a shot so if you know a good team i'll I'll be in and i'd love to i've I've always wanted to um, race out here so um yeah i'll keep my ears open now Ben Collins, a.k.a. The Stig, from the hit TV
0: show Top Gear, uh, hinting that he might be paying a few more visits to the UAE. Stay tuned to find out more. Uh, That was Damien speaking to Ben and Praga boss Mark Harrison about the all-new Praga Behemoth.
1: This is Motor Mania on Dubai Eye 103.8.
0: The UAE's number one talk radio station. Right now, it's time for, well, fix it or flip it. You know what's coming. Fix it or flip it. Basically, you tell us about your car and we will tell you how much it is worth. How does it work? Easy. Uh, We just need your details about your car. Your make, your model, your year, colour mileage anything else you want to throw into the mix that would be good send them now to 4001 that's the text message or you can use the arm play app which is easy to download text to 4001 and you know what there is no point me doing it as well a uh, regular listeners to this show will know that uh, well tom just needs to get from a to b it doesn't matter what he's driving as long as he gets from a to b as long as the thing starts that's fine by me but We do have the brains in the studio with us uh, throughout the course of the first hour. Now joined by automotive entrepreneur Naz Chowdhury, who's live here in studio. Naz, good to have you on board. Thank you for having me back. I
6: feel the pressure with that introduction. <laughs> no, no,
0: no pressure whatsoever. I mean, the perfect person to talk about this uh, will be, uh, well, there's going to be a lot for us to get through. Um, it's interesting to see uh, how many people are still here in town. Ta- I get the feeling, I don't know about you, Naz, I get the feeling that there's a lot more people sticking around this year than there have been in previous years.
6: I do, really, yeah. The roads are still busy. It's a really nice atmosphere out there. If you've got kids and all the usual family hotspots, it's a re- really nice to see everyone coming together. Although I just don't know who's going to be awake this early in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) It is,
0: uh, of course, Christmas weekend for all those that are celebrating Christmas uh, at this time of year. Uh, It is the holiday period, the festive period. A lot of people in town as well. It's also the end of the year. Uh, We are getting towards the end of the year. Opportunity to look back on the year that was and looking ahead to the year that will be. First question to you finger on the pulse, man in the business. Will there be more cars available next year? Reason I ask that, semiconductor, supply chain, all the issues we've dealt with this year, more cars in
6: 2023. And does that therefore mean lower prices? Yeah, Tom. I mean, the good news is towards the back end of this year, certainly Q3 and Q4, uh, we have seen the availability come back. So dealerships are getting the allocations getting their slots and we're seeing a lot more cars come into the marketplace i think going into 2023 the 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 shortage and the backlog and the supply chain is only going to ease and get better and better so we will see more and more cars coming Um, sadly i don't think that means low prices right you know how it is when prices go up they don't come back down as quick as they should so (laughs) um and i think that's a combination of a number of things there's a lot of pent-up demand so You know, In our circles, there's one in three people that's been waiting for the new car or wants the new car. So there's so much pent-up demand, and it's going to take at least a year or two to to dissipate that. And on top of that, with most people buying new cars on finance, with the interest rates going up as well, that's going to have an impact on the bottom line price of the car as well. So there's just a few things to consider. So yes, you should be able to get the keys to your brand new car. But unfortunately, the prices of yesteryear are gone. (laughs) Keep text messages coming in. Naz is with us here uh, throughout. So
0: he is happy to address your issues. Text me now, 4001. Uh, Christine's going to kick things off for us this morning. Naz, Christine, who says very kindly, happy holidays. Uh, New year, new car for me. I want to sell my Chevrolet Captiva LT." 2.4 2.4 litre i4 uh, 2015 just shy of 200,000 on the uh clacometer.
6: it's a black color any idea on the price please yeah sure i mean something like this sadly the kilometers are on the high side uh, guys just a reminder as much information as possible so for example with a car like this christine um if it had a full service history documented at the dealership We can say even with that mileage, it could be up to thirty-five, forty thousand 40,000 dirhams. However, if there's no service history and it's just been serviced from garage to garage irregularly, it could be as low as 25,000 dirhams. So it really does impact the service history, especially with mileage like that. You know, if someone's buying a car with that kind of mileage, they want to know it's been maintained well, right? Mm. Otherwise, it could be just a money pit. (laughs) I mean...
0: You know, growing up in the UK, we we, we got used to sort of service histories yeah, as yeah, well yeah, and things like course. that.
6: Do they exist here or not? Yes, they do. They they have come in and people have started to pick up on these things. I mean, I remember 10 15 years ago, the only question they used to ask, strangely enough, is: "Has the car been painted? Does it have paint?" <laughs> and when I first got here, I was like, "Paint? Yeah, that's a factory silver, Arctic silver." And they're like, "No, has it been repainted? Oh, repainted." So. Here, people are more bothered about whether the car's been painted or not than the actual service history. But I think now, especially with the newer cars, less than four or five years old, um, if you don't service the car on time, you lose the warranty as well, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the service contracts that come into play. So service is extremely important. If you don't service your car on time, you actually lose out on the benefits of a warranty. So it's really important to keep hold of the service history. Jordan's been in touch with us as well. Jordan, thank you very much indeed for your text message. As I
0: said, keep them coming. You can text us now, 4001. You can also WhatsApp us on that same phone number as well. Uh, Jordan's got a Merc. It's a Mercedes S500, 5.5 litre. It's a V8. 2007 is the year. Again, high kilometres, 251,000. Uh, plus kilometers on the clock. Uh, However, uh, Jordan does add that it's a silver car and it's never been in an accident.
6: We take your word for that on one, Jordan. (laughs) Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Let's put a value on that if we can. Wow, Jordan's really enjoyed his car. To have a nice uh, Mercedes convertible, 250,000 on the clock, I guess he's uh, done a lot of driving. Um, having said that, again, it just depends on the service history. It's good that it doesn't have an accident. Um, in terms of pricing, I think the sl 500s reached that spot where it's it's, it's lowest. And I don't think it's going to go any lower as well either. So whatever price I give now, probably going to be the same price for the next two three years. And then you'd be surprised, but it will probably start appreciating in the really? years. Yeah, it's one of those cars. Usually when you look at the depreciation curve of a car or a future collectible or something different and something special, you know, it's around 15 years old, 15 to 20 years old when it hits the bottom of the curve. And then the cleaner ones start actually appreciating the value as people go back. So generally 15 to 20 years is the least valuable a car could be. Um in terms of the SL500, I'd say around 35,000, 30, 35,000 dirhams. Um But he can hold on to that every single year and the price is going to stay the same, really.
0: Jordan, that helps. Uh, Keep them coming. 4001. If you've got a text message, we are here to help. Naz, happy to uh, address your questions and concerns. Ali's been in touch as well. Ford uh, uh, F-150 5.0 V8 four-wheel drive. 2012 is the year, Mark. 102 plus kilometres on the clock uh, it's red color uh, and ali and <laughs> driven by my wife it's like that, that age old uh, advert in the papers isn't it one careful lady owner <laughs> I, I don't know if he, if he's
6: try, if it's a good thing, or a bad thing. He's <laughs> complimenting the car with exclamation mark uh, thank you for the inquiry ali um great car um Again, hard to say. You didn't tell me the trim level with the, with the F-150s. There's so many different trims and variants, um, whether it's a two-door or four-door, uh, a crew cab and things like that. But if I was to average all the different trim models available for 2012, I'd say around forty to 45,000 dirhams. They're great cars, great utility vehicles. In fact, I think at the time they were the pickup, the, the, the chosen pickup truck of the year and they won, won many, many awards. Um, yeah, around 35,000 dirhams. Utes, pickups, trucks, we're seeing more of them on the roads at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. And I think there's uh, there's a push towards all these types of 4x4s and, and utility cars. I mean, even if you, if, you, if you look at the luxury brands, uh, who would have thought Ferrari are coming out with a 4x4? Are they? Yeah, yeah of course. A yeah. V2- and, and a V12, nonetheless, when the whole world's going into this emission mode and hybrid mode and conserving electricity and energy mode, Ferrari just turn around and go, yep, we're making a V12 four-wheel drive (laughs) it's strange isn't it incredible Um, when you look at the sort of you know
0: some of the the big trends of the year and obviously electrification is one of the trends High, right uh, high fuel prices also Mm -hmm. another of the trends at the moment and yet we're still seeing big cars on the roads of the UAE we're still seeing that investment into trucks into utes into uh, flatbeds at the back as well the, the, the we're seeing more and more of those models being bought up here um again and I, I know this is probably not the right question to ask but is that because people can here? they don't have the pressures that might do have in other parts of the world
6: definitely i mean if you look at if you look at more traditional markets that we're used to whether it be europe or you know australia or, mm. or u.s Just have a look at the fuel prices for one second, right? So, you know, yes, we had a couple of fuel price increases last year, but pound for pound, it's peanuts. It really is, right? So I know personally a lot of people that would be driving a 2-liter diesel back in the UK, and here Mm. they're enjoying the V8s and the V12s while they can, right? And then when they go back, surely they'll be back in the 2-liter TDIs, right? So it's a place where you can, and also I think the roads allow for it as well. I don't think there's a country with better roads than this. Yeah, uh, You've got the parking, you've got the roads, you've got the cost-effective insurance. Huge parking spaces. <laughs> I was in the UK just two weeks ago, <laughs> and I went to one of the malls, or shopping centres in London. <laughs> and I was in a little hatchback that I rented from the, from, from the airport, and I could barely fit it between the lines. And I was like, how does somebody with a Range Rover live here? And, and the answer <laughs> is they can't, right? Whereas here, you can get your big, huge Ford F-150, And you've got ample space on either side. Like, really, this country's been built and made for big cars, right? And that's a huge advantage. So take advantage of it while you can, really. Use it while you can. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Take advantage of the roads as well, uh, because
0: there is very little traffic on the roads at the moment. They are an absolute dream out there. So uh, get out on the roads, have a little explore as well. quick one before we take a quick break here. Uh, Jeep Gladiator, 3.6 litre, V6 Overland. 2020 year is... uh, 2021 is the year... Three and a half thousand kilometers on the
6: clock, just the three and a half thousand kilometers. It's black color. Hey, Thomas. Thanks for the inquiry. Um, so depending on the trim level, and I think we're close, he would have Thomas would have paid around just just short of over 200,000 dirhams for it. Now, what's interesting is since 2021, uh, the price has actually gone up. So I think it's gone up to around two forty two fifty. So it's probably worth the same amount you paid for it, Thomas. Wow. <laughs> so inflation actually worked in your favor this time around. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing
0: like, this. you know, forget the old 25% as soon as you drive it off the forecourt. You know, that's not happening on this one. Exactly. Fix it. <laughs> or flip it tell us about your car and we'll tell you i say we will tell you that's like the royal way isn't it no that man over there will uh nas chowdhury is here car entrepreneur car expert uh, automotive genius is with us here in studio so basically all you need to do is give nas the details how does it work easy Details about your car, make, model, year, colour, mileage, um, any other information you can give, that would be great. You can send them now through to 4001 or via the Air and Play app. Let's go to the lines if we can in just a few moments' time. Dial the number now because it gets very, very busy. Apologies if you have to wait a little bit. We will get to your call nonetheless. In fact, let's go to the lines now where we can go to Hytham, who joins us live on the line. Uh, morning to you, Hytham. Good morning how's it going very well indeed thanks so much indeed all the best for the festive period to the holiday period uh what's your question for nas
5: my question is i've got a 2021 jeep wrangler unlimited sport plus
3: uh it's got aftermarket modifications from a very reputable modifier here in dubai and given the values like how much the values have gone up now for these
6: cars especially the wranglers the demand this year is it worth it to flip it and buy an older model and kind of keep the, keep the difference? Now it's over to you. Yeah, they're great cars and as you quite rightly said, they're definitely in demand right now, especially with it being the whole desert season. Um, I think short term, the demand is probably low this week, but coming into the new year, it's you know, you're know you going to have a very strong demand over the next two, three months. Uh, what kind of modifications do you have on it? You said aggressive mods, Haytham. What have you done to the car?
5: It's actually quite
6: basic. It's just a two and a half inch lift Made from Falcon and then 33-inch BF Goodrich all-terrain tires. Oh, nice. That would really stand out. So Very basic uh, mods. You know, nothing to the engine, nothing performance-related. But those those big 33-inch tires really do make the difference. Look, to answer your question, I'd say if you were to sell it and downgrade, make sure you go for something 2018 and above because at least you'd be familiar with the dashboard and the look and the feel. Anything pre-2018 is a different model, isn't it? So, um, although it would be much cheaper, you're going to feel the downgrade whereas if you, you go for 2018 and above you're not going to feel the downgrade that
0: makes sense thanks very much indeed for your call I hope that answered the question if you got all the answers you need i have yeah thank you very good much you, guys. all the best thank for you. the, all the best. period all the best to you uh, let's go to abbas who was hoping he could dodge the question but he's not going to dodge the question because he's got a question about dodge morning abbas
5: <laughs> hey
0: good morning good morning guys morning how are you? To you very well thank you okay what's the question
5: so I have a
1: black uh, Dodge 2017 SXT 3.6. It's eighty thousand kilometers driven, and it's it has full service warranty and under warranty, I've got the extended warranty as well. But I'm just thinking, should I should I flip the
5: car or should I keep it for let's say a year or so more before I move on to a four by four?
6: Hey, thank you for the inquiry. I, I just want to confirm. I think I do know the answer. Is it has warranty? This is a GCC spec car, right?
5: Yeah, this is a GCC spec, correct?
6: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look in terms of. Depreciation curve. I think the worst is over. So even if you were to keep the car another year, you wouldn't lose too much more. You know, on, in general, we say the first three, as a rule of thumb, really, the first three years, it lose 50% of its value. And then every year after that, maybe 5 to 7%. So, you know, the worst is over in terms of pricing. And I think with the way the used car market is quite buoyant and strong right now, even if you were to hold another another year. You wouldn't lose too much. In terms of today's current price, you know, you have a huge advantage over most of the market. You know, I said, is it American Spec or not? You can pick up these cars, American Spec, for as low as thirty five to forty thousand dirhams if you check online. But sadly, right. they all come with a history. Um, you know, they've been flooded, accident damage, and things like that. So, you know, just a, just a note to all the viewers out there when you do buy a car, if yeah. it is American spec, And it sounds too good to be true because it's half price. (laughs) It probably is. (laughs) Uh, Make sure you get the car checked out beforehand. With your car being under warranty and service contract, I'd say as high as seventy-five, eighty thousand 80,000 dirhams, really.
0: Ah, OK. That's great. Good on you, Abbas. Thanks so much indeed for the question. That was Abbas, Johnius, live on the line. You can do exactly that. You can text us at any point on 4001. Haitham, Abbas, both had their questions answered there. We've got another one that's come through from Masood, uh, who gives us the details. It's a grey one. Grey what? Nissan Patrol Platinum V8. 2016 is the year. Uh, what have we got? 8,000? 8, 8, 8,000? No, eighty. 8,000 80,000. 80,000 80, kilometers? Was that 80,000? Yeah. 80, 80, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, let's go with the 8,000 kilometers. Um, it is an FSH. Uh, that will be uh, going over to you, Naz. Tell me more. Do you know
6: what the FSH is? I have no idea. no. Full service history. Oh, there we go. <laughs> it's an acronym we for the car for, guys. Isn't it? Exactly. Hey? Yeah. Um, so, do you see every every other car on the road these days seems to be a Nissan Patrol? Huh? they really are one of the most popular. It's a staple staple of uh, of, of driving out here. Uh, in terms of pricing, Masood, I'd say around a hundred thousand dirhams, ninety five to hundred thousand dirhams. Uh, the new shapes come out recently. That's put a dent in these cars slightly. You know, as soon as the new one comes out, the old one just kind of falls off a cliff, but being the staple of the country, I'd still say 100,000 dirhams is comfortable for that car. I hope that helps, Masood. Chandon has been in touch. Uh, What's
0: Chandon got? I think it's time to get rid of my Chevrolet Silverado, but not sure if anyone would be interested. Let's see. Let's put it to NAS. 5.3 litre V8 2010, white colour, 297,200 kilometres. How many kilometers? two hundred and
6: two hundred kilometers. And sorry, what year was it? I just, uh, this is <laughs> information overload. Twenty ten. Uh, Chevrolet Silverado. Yeah. Um, again, another pickup, and a high mileage pickup at that. In terms of pricing, I'd say twenty-five to thirty thousand dirhams really? Even with that mileage, what you'd be surprised at is being a Chevrolet in Chevrolet recycling a lot of their big V8 engines across many of the Chevrolet cars if the worst were to happen and the engine were to go on this you could literally drive down to Sharjah and speak to one of the guys there for eight thousand dirhams and literally just take out the old engine a new no way, used really. one in and say off you go yeah, yeah it's crazy so the parts are really readily available for this car and it's one of the reasons why again they're very very popular the American cars right the parts are so much cheaper than the German cars out here mm. Good advice.
0: Uh, Here comes Kim, who's been in touch. Kim's texted us on 4001. Kim's got a Jag. Uh, Could you please price me, says Kim. (laughs) All right, Kim, we'll try our best. Uh, Jaguar F-Type. It's an F-Type S, to be more precise. Uh, Black color. 2014 is the year. 90,000 kilometers on the clock. Thinking of trading in
6: and buying a Tesla. Thoughts: The Jag. The Jag. <laughs> the Jack. Jag. Jag every time. Uh, great cars. Uh, I personally think these are quite undervalued in this region. I mean, look, you've got, you know, big, it's an S, It's a big V8 up front, rear-wheel drive, two-door coupe. That really is like the definition of a sports car, right? Uh, but sadly, people just don't appreciate them as much here. You know, they they gravitate towards the conventional Porsches and Maseratis and things like that. But I genuinely think the Jaguar really gives that that car segment and run for its money. Uh, in terms of pricing, I'd say around 100,000 dirhams mm-hmm. is where we're at. In terms of selling it for a Tesla, uh, it's kind of chalk and cheese. If anyone's coming from a sports car and used to those gear changes and those revs, I personally think a Tesla would be quite boring. I mean, if anyone's driven a, an electric car, yes, they're quiet and smooth, but I think they've lost their soul. Really? So yeah. So if, if an average person is just going from your average, you know, commuting four car, four door, four four door car, into a Tesla, then they're not really car guys. They can get away with it. But somebody who's an automotive enthusiast who's had a Jaguar F Type would really feel that soulless downgrade mm. into the electric world. Fix it or
0: flip it yeah basically tell us about your car we'll tell you how much it's worth how does it work easy we need your details about your car make model year color mileage send them now to 4001 on the text message you can whatsapp on zero four eight seven one five five zero zero. you can download the airm play app if you've got time to do that got the great team on board the a team Uh, we've got the terminator we have got double z we've got eyes uh, all the eyes to the left all the eyes to the right when in the studio so everyone's there taking your calls on the 24th (laughs) of december naz chowdhury is the man in the hot seat though naz is answering your questions all good naz Yes, all good,
6: ready to fire away.
0: Yeah, you're uh, you're full of the festive spirit at the moment. You know, everyone's holidaying, you and I are working. What's going on?
6: I will be once this coffee sells in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nows taking any calls. Let's go straight to the lines now if we can. We have got Ragu joining us on line number 2. Morning Ragu.
5: Hey, morning guys. Morning Tom. Morning. What morning. do you got for us? Yeah, uh, just driving my uh, Durango, which is a 2011
0: model, uh, 5.7 liter engine. Just driven about 99,000, and I
1: think I may opt for some major repairs. So I'm just wondering, what is it better to get it repaired for the next and hold it for the next five years or change it? You
5: know, I just need a new drive.
0: Good. And what could it pay? Good question. That the, the segment is called Fix It or Flip It. That's exactly <laughs> what you're asking at the moment. Over to you, Naz. Yeah. Um,
6: Thanks for for. I uh, hope you're driving safely out there with the hands free or something. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, in terms of pricing, I mean, this car is hovering around the twenty to twenty five thousand dirhams mark, and I think if you keep hold of it for a few years, it's probably going to stay somewhere there in the low twenties. So, in terms of resale value, not much is going to change. Uh, you said major repairs, so all depends what needs to be done. You know, if you've got your annual maintenance of a couple of thousand dirhams a year, I think that's fine. Uh, but if you have got an expensive bill looming that you know of it's a can of worms really you know you can just keep on spending more and more and more and you can put that money towards a newer car really
0: ragu bless you thanks so much indeed hope that answers your question uh, big thanks to ragu let's go live to line number one where we're joined by deborah morning deb thanks so much indeed for your call you got a prado i have got a
1: prado i had a prado for the last 14 years and she has got on her 672,325
6: miles. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I think that, I think <laughs> that's a record going. for the show, really. Round of applause for that. <laughs> what <laughs> I, do you want I, I to do I still with it?
1: Them, I, still get, I don't want to do anything with it. It gets me back and forth. <laughs> I'm keeping it. Um, my, the guy who fixes it says I've got a Ferrari under the bonnet. That's what he's got. He's,
6: he's got it fixed nicely. So <laughs>
1: I
5: don't
0: think we can sell it. I still get cards on it, asking to buy it. And I'm like, no, I like it. That is brilliant. Um, uh, Naz, there's a challenge for you. It
6: really is remarkable, isn't it? 690,000 kilometers. And it's a wonder why, you know, all the taxis and stuff like that are all Toyotas. These things just keep on going, especially that generation. You said 2022, you've had it 14 years doing the math. It's 2008 model, if I'm not mistaken, or very close to. Uh, Deborah, hold on to that car because you will never get that kind of value, that kind of versatility, that kind of utility for what it's worth, 30,000 dirhams really. You know, Even if you were to buy a second car, something newer uh, for going out and going to work, I'd always keep a workhorse like this on the driveway. Absolutely priceless. Yeah. And hats off to you for getting to 672,000 kilometers. That is, I think, a record for this show. <laughs> and well, it's still worth it, something. It, it's, uh,
2: yeah, exactly. And it, I think last year it didn't pass a SMLT. Because we had to,
1: um, they wanted the roof to be re-sprayed because it was a different colour now.
6: <laughs> it's probably just faded everything. over the harsh summer. Yeah, exactly. yeah It just fades, does Apart from it.
1: that, passes on everything else.
6: So yeah. that's what you find. But I don't think you'd have any expensive repair bills on this car, unlike the previous call no. with the Dodge Durango. No. 500 here, 1,000 here, you know, if it gets really bad, you might have to pay two grand towards something and that's it, you know, it's incredible. Hold on to it yeah. then. <laughs>
1: certainly will <laughs> never let it
0: go big thanks to for calling into the show uh, deborah giving us a call on zero four eight seven one five five zero zero. love that story let's go to line number two uh mahmoud is waiting for us uh, patiently at the moment morning mahmoud
2: yeah good morning guys i'm looking to buy a bentley for uh, i mean about uh, model uh, 2018 or 19 plus so what will be the better choice Is it worth buying a new one or buying a old
6: one? May I ask, is it the Bentley GT, the Continental? Are you looking for the coupe or the four-wheel drive Bentayga? No,
2: no, not the four-wheel. The coupe? Yeah, Continental,
6: yeah. Uh, The Continental GT, so, you know, absolutely phenomenal cars. I think you'll struggle to get a new one right now because, if I'm not mistaken, they're just facelifting them and there's a waiting list, as with all new cars. Uh, but you'll find plenty yeah. of choice in the used car market. I think, you know, 2018, three, four years old, let somebody else take the bulk of the depreciation. My only advice to you, Mahmoud, would be make sure you get something with a full service history, relatively low mileage, so you can keep an eye on the maintenance going forward. Yeah. In terms of pricing, you can, you know, you see them starting at $650, 700 ish That's what the advertised prices are. Uh, yeah. But I'd make sure I'd go for something with, I'd pay 50 grand more and get something with much lower kilometers. So even if, you know, you're obviously happy to buy a new car. But what I would do is I'd buy something exactly. used, 2019, as low kilometers as possible, 20,000 kilometers, 15,000 kilometers, even if it costs 750, 780, 800, um, you're still getting excellent value for money.
5: Good.
0: Good. Mahmoud, thank you very thanks. much indeed. Hope that thank answers you. your question. Big thanks to Mahmoud. All the best for the uh, holiday period. Let's go over to Vishak, who joins us live on Line One. Morning, Vishak. Morning. What's your question?
2: So I have a Volvo V60 three liter Polestar, twenty sixteen,
3: um, electric blue. It's last of the three liters. It's done about eighty five thousand kilometers. So I'm just curious: uh, is now a good time to sell, and and really what the resale value would be?
0: Appreciate this
6: one, uh, Nurse. It's Volvo. It's reliable. Yeah, it's a, a great car. Not many on the road, to be honest. I, I don't think I uh, remember the last time I've seen a V60 on the road. Um, and with it being a Polestar, for, for the people that don't know, Polestar is almost like how do you describe this, Vishak? It's like the um, the uh, the AMG of Volvo. Like, the AMG <laughs> the Mercedes. I think the that's easy to
3: BMW. Yeah, Absolutely.
6: exactly. Um, I just want Did you say it was the uh, XC60?
3: no it's the v60 it's a wagon so very rare uh i think there's only three or four on the roads in uae at the moment
6: you know what you have trumped me i was just trying to work out what does it look like it is the wagon yeah um i mean look this is the type of car where the bulk of the depreciation is gone and i think if you sell it in a year or two the price is not going to change much is there any particular reason why you want to get rid of it
2: no,
5: just just shopping around. Um, I love the machine. It's absolutely beautiful. It treats me really well. So just curious.
6: Yeah, I mean, look, it's really, really hard to put a price on this um, simply because it's one of those things where there's so few on the market, so few people know about it. It's really only worth what someone's willing to pay on the day. I, I say that in a sense that, you know, if you were to advertise this car, and I'm not joking about this, you can advertise this for, 55,000 dirhams or 85,000 mm-hmm. dirhams, and you'd get the same number of calls, which is the one or two people that actually know what it is, appreciate what yeah. it is, and willing to take something on. It's really between the buyer and the seller what they're willing to sell and buy it for on the day. They, there isn't really a benchmark in terms of you know historical data, a few that sold last week that I know of. So it's just yeah. worth what someone's willing to pay. So if you're not in a rush, my advice would be take some nice pictures, present the service history well, Advertise it nice and high. Sit back and try your luck. If the phone rings, happy days, right?
0: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Good on you, Vishak. I hope that answered your question. Thank you very much indeed. To you, let's go over to the next line, line three, where we got a man waiting patiently at the moment. A man. Thank you very much indeed for joining us on Motor Mania. What's your question? Good morning, Grant. Good After
2: morning. I've got a Lincoln MKX, white colour, 2000. The year is 2013. Uh, just shy of 174,000 kilometres. Uh, it's been maintained with Altar with the agency. It's still under extended warranty. How much do you think I can get for it?
6: Uh, thank you for the inquiry. I think the huge advantage you have is extended warranty under the, from the agency for a ten-year-old car. That well, nine-year-old car. That's that's incredible. I don't you don't see many nine-year-old cars that mm. give you the peace of mind of a warranty and a service contract, right? People pay hundreds of thousands of domes just to have that peace of mind, and they can buy your car for around. 40,000 derms and have the same peace of mind <laughs> so I hope that answers your question yes yes
2: it does
5: thank you very much
6: no problem absolute pleasure all the best fix it
0: or flip it. And that's Chadbury here in studio, automotive entrepreneur, alive in the Dubai Eye studio, ready to take your calls. We've been taking your calls throughout the course of this hour. Uh, we're also answering your questions. Listen, you might have a car that you want to know whether to fix or flip. You might have an automotive question. That's your man. He's got you covered. Uh, send the thoughts now to four zero zero one or via the ARM Play app. Uh, let's get to a couple of the questions that are coming through as well. A lot of questions with regards. to to valuations out there at the moment sheila was in touch a little earlier on um, where's the sheila question gone there it is um probably not worth a lot but here goes uh, one for you naz a uh, mitsubishi uh, mitsubishi pajero gls 3.5 litre v6 2013 blue color
6: 212,000 kilometers on the clock what's it worth you know, may not be worth a lot, but I can guarantee there's plenty of buyers out there. I mean, these cars are just incredible. They're bulletproof. Um, everybody wants them. You can advertise this car today; it'll be gone tomorrow. Like, really, there's such a strong demand for these, regardless of mileage. In terms of pricing, Sheila, I'd say around mm, twenty-eight to thirty thousand dollars is a comfortable price, and you should get that quite quickly. Shane's been in touch, got a Mini Cooper,
0: 1.5 litre uh, i4, 2018 is the year 40 th- 47,000 or 4, 4, 47,000 kilometres on the clock <laughs> uh, blue colour, what's Shane going to get for that? I'd say around uh, forty to 45,000 domes Uh, that's for you Shane over to Nesh what's going on this morning it's obviously Christmas everyone's talking Bentley at the moment this morning (laughs) Uh, Nesh you've been in touch Bentley Continental 4 litre V8 2015 82,000 kilometres on the clock black colour no other details from Nesh
6: but what can you tell us Uh, I'd say you know it's one of those things isn't it you've got the you've got the W12 and you've got the V8 and some people think the W12s are worth more and some people think the the V8 twin turbo new technology is worth more Regardless, with this car, I'd say the preferences to this engine, the price-wise, you're looking around 240,000, 250,000 dirhams. And, you know, really, really good cars and good demand at the moment. Jawad's
0: got in touch with us. In fact, Jawad joins us live on the line. He's got a question for you this morning. Now, it's morning, Jawad. Yeah,
5: good morning, Tom and Nat. I, I want your opinion on the, this. It's a new car in the showroom. I want your opinion on it it is the mitsubishi montero sport and the chinese uh, jack j
0: the jack j or the mitsubishi montero nas over to you yeah both,
5: both, yeah both of them i would like to I don't know if open. opinion it, is it the
6: j7 is it
5: it is uh i don't know jack j7 i i have jack j on the information. formation uh, done uh, by volkswagen i think
6: yeah yeah um I'd stick to the Mitsubishi for now. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, not, not that there's anything wrong with the Jake. I think that they're doing really, really well and they're coming out with some really new, innovative models. Me, personally, um, I'd give give them a few more years to see what their cars look like after a few years' time, see what the, the reliability is like. I remember one ha- ha- Hyundai and Kia came into the market 10, 15 years ago and everyone was like, Yeah, you know, are these going to be good? They're promising all these big warranties and service contracts. And you know what? It played out well. It was worth it. And it did really well. Jake, in Uh this hot summer climate, it's just not been tested enough yet. And that wouldn't give me the confidence. However, the Mitsubishis have been going strong for a very long time here. The Montero is a great car. You know, it's it's uh-huh. not a true off-roader. It's not a real 4x4, but you do have that presence on the road. It's a nice balance between, you know, something nice and big, but still fuel, econo- uh, still economical. If that was me, I'd definitely go for the uh, Montero Sport. Okay, thank you very much. Cheers, Joe No Thank you, problems. Thank that you for that. your question. Uh,
0: big thanks to Jawad for getting in touch as well. Uh, feel free, to if you've got a question, then Naz is your man. He's he- here to answer your questions. Richard's been in touch with us this morning thing. Uh, Naz, thoughts, please, on the Nissan Murano. I've got 2015. Is this recommended to buy? Uh, so obviously he's in the market looking at this 2015 Nissan Murano. There is 95,000 kilometres on the clock. The only thing that's holding me back at the moment is I've heard that there are Problems
6: with the transmission, and I'm worried how much
0: would it cost to fix
6: that? Uh, great cars. I think Nissan, of course, being another staple of you know, very, very popular car on the road these days. Um, I don't think you'd have too much trouble in terms of maintenance and repair. I don't know of a gearbox problem with these cars. I mean, it's if I'm not mistaken, it's a CVT gearbox that's shared with the Altima and things like that, so they are readily available. Used, I mean, in terms of pricing, I'd say something like this. It's probably worth somewhere in the late 30s, up to 40,000 dirhams. Um, But the good news is, Richard, you can actually get this independently checked out quite easily, right? So with it being a Nissan, there's many garages across Alcouz, even the RTA and things like that, where for a few hundred dirhams, you can have an independent inspection report. They can check the gearbox, make sure there's no surprises. So if you've got your heart set on a uh, uh, Murano, I'd go for it. But just pay the extra five, six, seven hundred dirhams to an independent specialist and get that peace of mind that the transmission's okay. Because if it is, with 95,000 kilometers, that could be a great buy around 35,000, 40,000
0: dollars. Naz, you are a scholar and a gentleman. Thank you so much indeed for joining us. Uh, Richard, Thank you I hope that for having me. helps. Great to have you, Naz. If people want to get in touch with you, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, you find me Knock on, on the, the door.
6: Yeah, <laughs> knock on the door. Find me on all the social media things, <laughs> all the social media outlets. Uh, Naz Chowdhury
0: with us here on Motor Mania each and every week. Uh, So make sure you get questions
6: in. Uh, That was the automotive entrepreneur, Naz Chowdhury. Chilling with the family over the next couple of days? Yeah, definitely catching up with the kids. Uh, Really looking forward to it. Really hope things calm down, slow down for a bit, Uh, gearing up for New Year. Bless you. Really appreciate you coming in on the 24th
0: of December.